Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I am very excited to have Danielle Valenti Mahoney on with me. Um, she is um, actually someone that I met by doing the FDA listening session, and um, I really wanted to bring her on to share her thoughts on, on what we did recently with the FDA. Um, and, you know, we figured out that our stories are actually pretty pretty similar. So, um, Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, this has been a, an exciting week in the, the HD world, especially in, in my, you know, my advocacy. I would definitely say it's been a, a milestone. So I'm happy to, to chat, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so for those who don't know and you're just tuning in um, and and didn't listen to previous shows, um, we recently, as of this week actually, um, did, or last week, I can't even remember my weeks are running together, um, we did an FDA listening session, um, which basically we got on to Zoom with the FDA to talk about um, pre-symptomatic, the at-risk individuals and the um, gene-positive pre-symptomatic individuals in the HD community and how we can um, get their help so we can participate in clinical trials. Um, and I've got to say that was probably one of the best meetings I've ever had. Like, it was just the response was amazing. Um, and, Daniel, why don't you share a little bit about your background so people know a little bit about you? Sure. Um, I've been in the advocacy world. Um, I actually I live in Troy, New York, and I'm originally from Western Massachusetts. Um, so I've been on the board of HCSA um, in the Albany area for, for years, and I was on HDYO for a little bit, and I've done a ton of different um, like meetings. I did a TED Talk, and my mom um, actually was diagnosed with Huntington's in like 2014. So since then, I've been, you know, raising all sorts of awareness and funds and trying to do what I can to kind of move the needle. Um, but like Lauren said, our backgrounds are very similar with um, we, my daughter is the same age as, as her children. And so there's been a lot of um, similarities, which is really interesting um, for this for this meeting. It really was so interesting. Um, so your daughter and my daughter are the exact same age. They're four. And um, we both did chorionic villus sampling, and they were both HD-free. So that was so amazing to learn that um, and really made me want you, like, want you to be closer so <laughs> we could do a play date with our kids. I know. Yeah, that was, you know, I thought up until this point, 
you know, through my whole HD journey, I, you know, I went, just to give you some more background, I went through um, genetic testing in 2015, and, um, and I'm gene positive, you know, non-symptomatic, but gene positive, and um, accidentally got pregnant, and so I had to do the testing and uh, found out McKenna was uh, gene negative, and I thought at that point, kind of, with my now husband and I going through that testing with her, you know, was one of the craziest things that I've experienced through this whole, uh, this whole process. I think until Monday when we did that um, talk with the FDA, that was, I think, one of the more mind-blowing things, um, obviously in different ways, but it's interesting uh, how this kind of a journey kind of continues. Yes. And um, it was really great to share with the FDA you know, our stories, but also data from the community about um, whether or not people were willing to take on the risk of clinical trials if they are not symptomatic yet. Um, so I think that went very well. And what really surprised me about the whole thing um, and what I was not expecting was there was somebody really high up <laughs> um, in the FDA that joined us and um and I was very surprised by that. I was not expecting um, that specific person to to be on the call. And so it was really nice. And they, not only that, but he gave amazing feedback and um, yeah. was just very positive for us and very much on our side. Yeah, me too. I think that that was, you know, first I was sitting there looking at the all of these people joining Zoom and, you know, there was 50-plus members from the FDA that had joined and then, you know, all sorts of, um, you know, HD uh, members that were involved, like executive directors of different organizations, kind of in listen-only mode. So I think at one point there was like 65 people on this call. I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, 15 people, um, but that mm-hmm. was that was pretty amazing and emotional. You know, we, you know, to give everyone kind of an idea, it's like, we're sharing our stories and we only have five minutes left for feedback. And as Lauren said, um, this, this person on the call kind of uh, unmuted himself and said, thanked us, let us know that, you know, HD is something he's very much aware of. and They won't be the, you know, the, the, the blocker to figuring this out. Um, so that was, that was pretty amazing. And I think we were all pretty, uh, you know, not not shocked, but it is nice to hear like that validation and that we're you know, you had the right you're talking to the right people and everyone on that call rolled up to him. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took me a little bit to process because I again I wasn't expecting it. I was like you. I was like, okay, well there will be like maybe 15 people on here and maybe a few of them will be from the HD community. You know, like the advocacy organizations and stuff, but no big deal. Um, and we had, yeah, at one point we had 65 people on the Zoom call listening to our stories, which is crazy in itself. But then to have this higher person be on there and listen to our stories and stay through the whole thing and then tell us that, you know, when the when the science hits them and they have it, they are 100% on our side and helping us. And it's like, wow, that was so huge to hear. So, um, I was so grateful. Yeah, me too. I think it's a, kind of the perfect outcome of that, you know, and it's 
you know, we said, like we said, we did our kind of follow-up together, all the speakers saying, you know, this is kind of the, the first step, huge milestone, but the first step. And, you know, as as with everything else we do, just we have to kind of keep trucking and figuring out what that next step is. But at least we uh, have their attention. And I guess it's continuing the conversation. Yeah, continuing the conversation. Um, and that, you know, that's what next steps are, um, is basically figuring out the next really important conversation to have, um, which we will be doing. So this is the beginning of this. It, it is no, in no way the end of, of us doing stuff. Um, and I think that, it, you know, it's not going to be easy to get all of these meetings and get these things done. But we are a really strong community, and um, I think we really can – can do anything together, especially with strong advocates, with the advocacy organizations. One of the things that I really noticed, too, was the fact that um, we're just really good with collaborating. It doesn't matter what organization it is. They're all behind us and helping us. And so um, I think that's very unique, especially, you know, I work in um, Alzheimer's field, you know, in that that, um, group. And to to have advocacy organizations like we do in the Huntington's community really support and be there for people and work together is amazing um, because it's not necessarily the case everywhere. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing. I, th- I think I even said that um, in my like my my talk was that everybody that I talk to like like is it, if it's through like doctors and scientists and research trials that I'm in or, um, you know, new friends that I make within the community, just saying how unique we are and that like really our, our passion and um, kind of perseverance is, you know, not, it's not there for every disease because, and I always say, I think it's because it's a, it's a family disease, right? That there's, it's, mm-hmm. we're connected yeah. to it, not just like, hey, this just happened yesterday. It's like, no, we've known about it for, for a long time, unfortunately. But um, I think it gives it a different kind of, kind of, like support. There's also a, a something to the fact that it's 100% genetic, and I think that I think that provides a connection to each other that a lot of other disease um, communities don't have. Because, you know, you look at Alzheimer's, and Alzheimer's has a very rare subgroup of people who have a genetic, like 100% genetic like we do, and then they have genetic markers that play a role. But then you can also get it because of environmental factors. You can get it from other medical conditions. So there's so many variables. And so for them, it's very vast. And... um we just seem to have a connection because it's 100% genetic. And so we all know what that feels like to to deal with the at-risk portion of it, to go through the testing, you know. And I think that um, also provides just a another connection um, for the community. Yeah, and I think on that point, like, I've always thought, too, that you hear a lot of stories about, like, you know, how this disease was kept a secret and other, like, generations before us didn't want to talk about it for for different reasons. And I think with that change, you know, recently and everyone kind of speaking out and not ashamed or afraid to share their stories, you know, that's also huge because 
you know, for me, you know, my, like my family had kept it a secret. Um, and I, you know, then I was like, no way, like this has to be, I have to speak about it. I have to tell people I have to be an advocate. Um, and I feel like a lot of people kind of share that same um, piece of the story too. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I found out when I was 15 that it ran in the family and basically, you know, my dad's family um, hid it. Um, my grandfather did not realize what it was. He was told that it was Parkinson's disease and that his mom had died of Parkinson's disease and come to find out um, it was Huntington's. Somebody came, you know, came to my aunt when she was in college and said, you guys need to be aware that there's a genetic condition and um, and that it is not Parkinson's. And so she didn't remember it at the time. You know, she went ahead and went on with her life. But then when I was 15 years old and my grandfather was symptomatic, she it clicked for her, and she told the VA, and the VA tested him, and it was Huntington's. So it was crazy because it was like my grandfather had nothing to do with his mother. And, you know, their whole family, like everything before that, it was we don't know anything about it. Um, yeah. just because they kept it a secret. So, yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Yeah, that's so crazy. There's so, you know, there's so many stories like that. You know, I, I spoke about is um, my grandmother had an affair with somebody who had the gene. She obviously did not know that um, until, like, years later. And then, you know, when my mom was, um, you know, I think she was – I was in college, so, you know, she was probably – late 40s, early 50s, uh, you know, my grandmother started kind of dropping hints and, and my mom started to do some own, her own research on, um, you know, who her biological father was and found out that he had passed away from HD and that she had a, uh, a half-sister in, in a nursing home in, like, Rochester, New York with a disease. Yeah, so I was like, I had never heard of HD and, she, you know, she hadn't either. So it was all, all a big surprise. That's so funny you mentioned Rochester, New York, because that's actually where my family came from, like in that area of New York. Um, and wow, then, they're probably like, related. Pennsylvania, <laughs> right. That's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> that would be so funny. Um, anyways, so let me ask you this. How did you feel before um, hopping on Zoom? Like, were you nervous? Were you okay? How did you feel? Um, I don't think I was nervous until like the day before. I, I didn't realize, I think it just kind of took me, like I wasn't sure what we were actually doing. Like I obviously knew we were talking to the FDA, but I think I started to realize how big this was, like as the days started to creep up. Um, but that's typically how I, I handle things anyway. Um, so then the day of, I was, I was nervous. And um, as everyone was speaking and I saw more and more people kind of get on, I was like, you know, definitely shaking a little bit, which, you know, I've done a lot of public speaking and my, my job, like, especially with my job. So over the years, it's just kind of like second nature. But this, I think it was like, okay, you can, like, all of us can have such like a big impact and have this moment that we can, it's not just for us, it's for everyone. So there's a, that I felt like there was a lot like on our shoulders at that moment. Um, and then after I was just, I felt so happy. I was, I like couldn't even think so for like two days. I think I'm still recovering. Uh, yeah. I think I left a few brain cells. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. Like I really didn't think about 
you know, I was on autopilot with it. Like I did what I needed to do, but I wasn't freaking out. And then day of, as we got closer, I really started to get nervous because, yeah, it was a, this big impact thing and realizing that. And, um, and so I got really nervous. But afterwards, I just remember that it was like the high that you get if you've ever been to um, a convention or you um, did an event and the event was successful and and you were finally done with it. Um, and it was just that major high of, of so rewarding. And I was like, I got to go to sleep. <laughs> I just went to sleep. Yeah, I should have gone to sleep. I think that's what I needed. I was just, my head was, I was like, I think when I got out of work, I was, or um, yeah, left the office, I was like driving in circles. <laughs> like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I um I, I put my daughter in the bed with me and I was like, Okay, you can go to sleep or you can watch the phone or whatever, but I gotta go to sleep. So <laughs> I can't think good right. thing she went to sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I definitely feel even a few days out it's still um exciting but also that drained feeling just of so much anticipation that it causes an adrenaline rush and then crashing. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that was uh, definitely one of the, the the biggest I think rushes I've I've had in in a long time. It felt really good to you know the next day or so, kind of reflecting on it to say, oh, like we did that, and you know it's they they hurt us, and you know, we're we're gonna figure out what that next step is, and hopefully you know, this can make some some impact i really i really do hope that yes absolutely and i do know that you know seth and bj are already in discussions about next steps um you know to keep the momentum going and and um so we don't lose that um which is great you know and i i hope that you will be part of that because i think that your story is so great that it definitely needs to be shared as much as possible with the FDA. Like I think that we really just, um, as much as we can do, we, we've got to do with this. And so I hope that you'll you'll still be part of it all whenever we do next steps. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think you know I'm I'm now part of it and really want to you know, continue pushing however we can. And so I'm I'm all in. Me too. Me too. I'm really excited because um, I, I believe what Seth and BJ are talking about is there's another type of meeting called CPIM. Is that what it was called? Yep. It was, yeah, I think it's like the next step, more engagement with them. Like, uh, So if, uh, I think that you can have like actual conversation. This is more of us, like this meeting was more of them listening to us. Um, and I think that the CPIM is maybe more of an engaged conversation back and forth. Yeah. I think. So we will we will be on the lookout for uh, Seth and BJ submitting stuff and finding out what next steps are. I know I'm excited about it. Me too. Well, Danielle, I really appreciate you coming on today and talking, and um, I'm really glad that I got to meet you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, and I'm I'm really glad I got to meet you too, and look forward to uh, a continued friendship, and maybe one day we can get the kids together to play. 
That would be awesome. We'll do it at BJ's house because he's got, you know, kids to do. <laughs> and we'll just put it exactly. – he just got voluntold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he lives some, He lives in Florida where it's nice and warm all the time. So we'll go there. Oh, no, he lives in he lives in North Carolina. He's about an hour from me. So, you know, you take oh, a trip really? down to North Carolina, you can, oh, I can, you can see both can of us. I can make that happen. Yeah, I can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, have we a good will, night, we and I appreciate have to make it. Definitely. So, yeah. Okay, I will let you go. Thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> and um, for those who are listening, thanks so much for for listening today. Um, again, very exciting stuff with the FDA listening session, and it's something obviously that I had announced on the um, podcast regularly um, as we led up and asked people to take the survey and things like that. And um, it did happen, and it was really great. We got a lot of great feedback, um, and, you know, obviously, as I said, um, it, this is just the beginning, and we are looking at next steps. Seth and BJ are actively working on it, and so um, you guys definitely keep um, listening for stuff. We've got some great shows that are going to be coming up in August, and um, until next time, guys, take care, and I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.